You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what is going on? As always, it is your boy, your host, Sosa Cremendez. I'm a fantasy analyst at Pro Football Focus and your host here at the Locked On Rams podcast, your number one daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Rams and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. And as I mentioned in the intro, we finally have a victory Monday to cover here. It's been a while. The Rams went an entire month, so November, the entire month, Without a win, they did have a bye week in there, of course, if you guys don't recall, which is why they went the whole month without a win. But we're finally back. They started December the right way, and we all expected a win over the Jaguars, and it was maybe a little bit costly for the Rams here. They won 37-7. to I mean, they absolutely dominated this game, but there are some injuries that we have to kind of discuss here, uh, as well as some other cool stuff. I want to dive into who played well, who didn't play well. What do the Rams look like after, you know, Three horrible weeks of football. What did they do differently? And there was a lot to discuss here. So we'll begin first with the injuries. And they both actually happen to be on the offensive side of the ball and both on the offensive line. Center Brian Allen, I think he was knocked out in the first drive of the game, maybe in the first play or two. Uh, Looked like somebody kind of rolled up on his ankle. And it was good news that he was still out there in his uniform. But bad news was that he didn't return. And Coleman Shelton did take over for the rest of the game there at center. And not just that, but the Rams suffered another injury on that offensive line. And I think it was also in the first quarter, right guard David Edwards was knocked out for a little bit and the Rams brought in Bobby Evans to replace him. But the good news for Edwards was he got back into the game and he actually ended up playing the rest of the game. So maybe not the worst news on either guy. It doesn't seem like they're really going to be missing too much time, if any at all. So that's obviously good news. You don't want to be losing your offensive lineman, especially when the Rams went into this game with Rob Hainstein already banged up. That could be a concern, but it's something we're going to look out for in the next few days on these injury reports. We'll see ultimately if anything changes, but going into what worked for the Rams in this game, and we'll start with the offensive side of the ball. Things really looked a lot cleaner, right? And I think this was kind of the thing that we discussed on this podcast all week was they just needed a get right game. Brad talked about it so many times in our podcast last week, and not just that, but they needed to really start to build that momentum to where you can start to play free and not be so much in your head. We've seen it again with Matthew Stafford in the first quarter. He was struggling. I mean, there was some inaccurate passes again. It wasn't really any great play from the offense. It kind of felt choppy like it did for those last three games, especially the Green Bay game where it wasn't just terrible, but then he started to find Cooper Cup and really got into a rhythm. And from there on out, he never really looked back. It was just a great pass after great pass, good drive after good drive, touchdown after touchdown, ends the game with 295 passing yards, three touchdowns, no turnovers. That is the most important statistic here. No pick sixes. Obviously, we're going to take that. And no turnovers in general, no sack fumbles, no interceptions. So very good, clean game from Stafford. It really feels good to see him go back to that early midseason form. And he connected with some guys that we haven't seen him connect with in a minute. I mean, we're talking about, you know, Tyler Higby on a few reps where he has five receptions for 48 yards or Odell Beckham. They still don't have that up to par speed there, especially on the connection side of things deeper down the field. There was a couple of missed passes. We saw one on the boundary, one on one deep shot. Uh, we saw one in the seam. They're still not there, and we don't expect them to be, but Odell caught two passes for 28 yards and a nice fade touchdown. Looked like prime Odell there, man, where he climbed the ladder, got his hands on the ball, got both hands on the ball, and brought it down. I mean, it was tremendous. And, of course, Cooper Cup. We've talked about this guy all season. 
arguably the best receiver in the sport right now. Eight receptions, 129 yards, a touchdown. He wins on a two-way go on a post where he scores, I want to say, like a 20-yard touchdown. He's got another long catch, a 43-yarder on the tight end throwback there. And it was all good to see. It really all stemmed from their ability to run the ball, which is something we've talked about on this podcast a lot. And they really dedicated this game to running the football, but not just that. There was a lot more offensive personnel schematic types of changes we'll dive into in just a second but daryl henderson did not start in this game we got light of this news over the weekend which is funny because my episode last week on friday the mailbag we talked about sony michelle should be out there over henderson like we all saw that henderson was leaving something to be desired his speed was just not up to par his acceleration his burst tackle breaking ability he was lacking in all of these areas and it's something i've talked about in this podcast all year Maybe he gained a little bit of extra weight trying to bulk up for this lead back bell cow type of role when K-Makers went down. And we don't really know what the reason is why he's just not been as good. But the Rams saw it. That's why they made the change. They go out and start Sony Michelle in this game. And yes, Daryl Henderson was hurt. So I understand maybe that's what's slowing him down. Maybe that's why he didn't play at all in this game. But according to head coach Sean McVay, he said Henderson could have played in this game. He was active. He was the emergency running back, as they call it. And there was no reason to go to him. I mean, Michelle carried the ball 24 times in this game, had 121 rushing yards, a touchdown, averaged five yards per carry, which is a really good mark. Not just that, but this guy was breaking tackles at the second level. He was creating, consistently churning his legs and grabbing those few extra yards forcing the Rams to stay ahead of schedule when it comes to down and distances and getting closer to that first down marker. That's exactly what the Rams needed out of this guy. He was really decisive, knew when to pick his holes, knew how to set up his runs, and he was hard to hit the hole. And not only that, but like I said, he was turning two-yard runs into four-yard runs, four-yard runs into seven-yard runs, and seven-yard runs into 10-yard runs. And that has been the biggest difference from this game and from some of the past games we've seen from Daryl Henderson now Yes, it is the Jaguars. It's not exactly the most vaunted defense in the sport. I understand. But at the end of the day, I don't think I would have had any confidence that Henderson would have came away with a game like this. 121 rushing yards and then another eight receiving yards. I don't know that he does that. I mean, Henderson has started every single game this season other than this Jaguars game and the Buccaneers game. And his season high in rushing yards is 90 yards. He didn't even hit 100 yards this season yet. And Michelle in just a second start did it. He's already the single season game leading rusher, however you want to say it. It's kind of weird to say he has 121 yards rushing in one contest here and Henderson couldn't do that in 10, 11, 12 games. I mean, it really speaks to itself. He's the first 100 yard rusher the Rams have had this season. And again, yes, it is the Jaguars. Yes, he might not be able to do it again next week against the Cardinals. I really don't know. But what I know is I saw with my eyes a very visual and legitimate difference in how this offense operated. And it really trickled throughout the rest of the offense. It really worked. I mean, the Rams went under center a lot more, ran a lot more play action. You've seen some deeper shots kind of come from it. And that's really where the Cooper Cup 43-yard play, that's how it worked. It came off the extension of a wide zone play action play where you have Cooper cup running the opposite side of where Stafford is dropping back. And that's how it works. I mean, that is what classic Sean McVay Rams football has looked like. And they dedicated this game to trying to do more of that. And it worked. And in just a second here, I want to tell you about some of these schematic changes, the offensive line. What did they do there? Some of those varying personnel packages, more tight ends. It's very fascinating what the Rams did. It was very, very different compared to what they've done all season. 
Just before we get there, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBZMEP, at Locked On Rams, and on YouTube at Locked On Rams. And does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment that you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your entire TV together. It is called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy a bunch of other devices, and the best part is there is no annual contract, so you don't have to sign any long-term kind of deals here. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. And thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. Now we'll pick up with where we left off, and that is back on the offensive side of the ball. And I talked about what were some of these changes that the Rams had in this game, and I noticed that right from the get-go, they were running jumbo packages out there, and you're probably asking what on God's green earth is that Well, they had a bunch of plays, and I'll have more of these numbers tomorrow when I really get to dive into it from PFF, but they had a bunch of plays with two tight ends out there, so 12 personnel, a bunch with with three tight ends out there. You've seen Kendall Blanton, Bryson Hopkins out there, which we've really never seen all season, and then not only that, but we've also seen from this game where they ran these jumbo packages. They call it you know, a swing tackle, which means a sixth offensive lineman, your backup tackle, your first backup offensive lineman. Out there, Joe Nopum had a bunch of snaps for the Rams. They even had nine or 10 guys pretty much along the line of scrimmage there, or, you know, one wide receiver flexed out and everyone else bunched up there on the line of scrimmage to try and run the ball more effectively in this game. And that's what we've begged for, you know, everyone really across the board in this fan base. I mean, you've heard it. Everyone wanted to see more personnel packages, more tight ends, more 12 personnel, a little bit less 11 personnel, a little bit more under center, a little bit more running the football, a little bit more play action. And that's exactly what the Rams did in this game. And I'm not saying that this is the new offense. Maybe it's not, maybe it is. But even if you only do this a handful of snaps in a game, it's enough to force teams to have to designate certain packages and spend certain days throughout practice preparing for that kind of a formation like that is the biggest difference here now is if something that the Rams are trying is not working in a game they can adjust and go to something that is entirely different and that might work because before it was just 11 personnel over and over and over again and it didn't work for you know the last three weeks yet the Rams really didn't change they didn't have anything to go to other than that and they kept trying to do the same thing over and over again and it just wasn't working so that's really the biggest difference right now I feel like for this offense is Yes, they executed better. Yes, there was no turnovers. Yes, no pick sixes. Of course, that is always going to be paramount. The execution is always the most important play or the most important part of a play. There's no doubt about that. But in terms of how they went about it, it was very different in this game. We didn't see a ton of five wide empty kind of sets. There was a handful here or there, you know, but in general, they really did a good job of mixing and matching their offense in this game. And I think that's part of the reason why They go back to nearly scoring 40 points after looking just god-awful for three weeks. And now I really feel like the Arizona Cardinals, who are next up on the schedule, are going to have a lot more to prepare for when it comes to the Rams. Because now, you know, are the Rams going to go 12 personnel? Are they going to go jumbo? Are they going to go five wide? Are they going to go 11 personnel? Are they going to run the ball 25 times? Or are they going to throw it 45 times? It's really hard to prepare when a team is that multiple. And I think the Rams did themselves a huge favor in this game by changing it up. The last bit of the offense there that we have to talk about was the offensive line. 
Matthew Stafford, I think, was only sacked one time, and I believe that that was probably on Sony Michelle. Wasn't a great pass pro rep there. But other than that, I mean, the offensive line was absolutely outstanding, especially in the running game. They were blowing guys off the line of scrimmage with ease consistently. You've seen, you know, four, five, six yards sometimes where Sony Michelle would get downfield, and he was not even touched yet. So a really impressive performance by those guys. I think, you know, you got to feel good about that rebound performance after the last few weeks. Now, flipping to the other side of the ball, according to PFF, and these numbers might be a little bit off or different when you look at some other source, but Aaron Donald led the way with one and a half sacks. You love to see that. Ernest Jones got the other half sack. He's been playing outstanding as well. Those are like the biggest plays, I guess you can call it. There was really no interceptions. It was a close one by Jordan Fuller. He nearly got one. Ernest Jones got his hands on one. There was a few near interceptions, but no actual turnovers there for the Rams. And they did have a forced fumble, which was recovered by Taylor Rapp. I don't recall who forced it. I think it might have been Sean Robinson, though, who's also been playing out of his mind. And then the tackles for loss. I mean, the Rams were really active against the run in this game. Aaron Donald was one. Darius Williams with one. Von Miller with one. And Obo Okoronkwo with one as well. Oh, and I forgot, Aaron Donald also had a forced fumble early in the game where he kind of just tossed James Robinson, made him look like a ragdoll, and he forced a fumble there as well where Jalen Ramsey scooped and nearly scored on the play. So in general, I mean, the defensive performance was outstanding. Let's just call it what it is. Trevor Lawrence, 145 yards in this game, averaged 5.2 yards per attempt, was sacked twice. That is not a good performance for him, of course. That's not really a surprise either, but at the same time, they did their job. Then you go into the backfield, Carlos Hyde averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Trevor Lawrence, 2.5. LaVisca Chenault, 0.3. James Robinson, 3 yards per carry. CJ Beathard, 2 yards. I mean, they were absolutely outstanding and super stout along the line of scrimmage. This defensive line has done such a good job at stopping the run now for multiple weeks. I mean, we're talking all the way back to that San Fran game. I think that's really where they started to take that leap into this next tier of really really good run defense and yes I even mentioned it back then I said they played really solid in that game and a lot of people were like you're crazy I don't know what you're talking about they had 15 play drives they scored x y and z points they did this and that but at the end of the day they did enough to try and win those games and I thought they were close to really getting into that groove of playing good football and now we see it in this game they really stepped up again it is the Jaguars I understand it's not the biggest barometer here we're not talking about a potential Super Bowl contender no that's not what they are but they took care of business I mean the Jags had one really good drive where I think it was 12 or 13 or 14 plays something like that they scored a touchdown but at the end of the day the Rams helped them out there I mean Jalen Ramsey gets a 15-yard penalty for a taunting call which was kind of weak I mean I guess you can't stand over an offensive player like that but Really, really weak call, in my opinion. And then on that same drive, Darius Williams gets a holding call, which wasn't even a holding call, in my opinion. It was on the goal line, so it really didn't matter at the end of the day. But, I mean, at the end of the day, they did a really good job at just defending this team. They didn't give them really much of anything. They had stops on fourth down. They had multiple turnovers. They had multiple sacks. Another one that was taken off the board by a holding call, I think it was on Taylor Rapp. Should have been another Aaron Donald sack where he kind of horse-collared Trevor Lawrence in the pocket, but that's not a penalty call. If you're in the pocket, you are allowed to horse-collar a player. Uh, so in general, I thought there was a lot of guys that stood out, individual performers that I thought were great. I mean, Aaron Donald absolutely ran this game. There was no doubt about that. And really everyone up front has to get a shout out. I mean, Ashawn Robinson, really good performance. Great, great run stuffer. Greg Gaines has done such a good job as the starting nose tackle, taking over for an injured Sebastian Joseph Day. 
no doubt about it. This guy has taken a huge step forward in his development this season. I mean, you're talking about one of the better nose tackles right now in football, if not, you know, one of the best run stuffers, period. I mean, they have done a really good job at developing him, Sebastian Joseph Day, Ashawn Robinson, a lot of these guys into top-tier run stuffers. The Rams have done really, really good in that regard. I mean, Von Miller didn't do much in this game. Leonard Floyd was active. Both guys in runs, not that much as pass rushers. Again, not that much was expected out of them, I guess, in this game because the Jags, they really weren't interested in dropping back and holding the ball for a long time. We'll see how those pressure numbers shake out tomorrow when I get a chance to look at them, but nothing crazy there. Troy Reader, good game for him. He wasn't exposed in any way. Taylor Rapp, same thing. There was a play where he kind of gave up a decent chunk gain over the middle. I think it was to LaVisca Chanel. I might be wrong on that. Uh, I can't recall which receiver it was, but... In general, I thought everyone played solid in this game. Ernest Jones was one of the best performers in this game. Uh, he looks like a guy that's really, really developing quickly. Looks like he's going to be a good quality contributor for this defense at that second level. Nearly has a pick, has half a sack. He's active, man. This guy moves quickly. He was really good in run stuffing as well. And then the back end, there was nothing really too crazy going on there. The one thing that I think I want to mention was Taylor Rapp was getting kicked into the box very often, sort of as a sub-package linebacker like we wanted, only on third downs or really on passing situations. And then they would bring in Nick Scott there to play that deep half safety kind of role where, you know, we've all kind of begged for Terrell Burgess. It hasn't been Burgess, but either way, the Rams have at least made that adjustment. Troy Reader not out there as often. Again, we'll look at the numbers tomorrow. We'll really have all that in-depth stuff where we can look at snap counts and performances from an analytical perspective or a data perspective. But right now, I mean, in terms of the eye test, the Rams really did a good job. And I thought they did a really solid job on defense as well. In just a second here, we're going to pick up with the last area of the team, special teams, and then some records that were broken by wide receiver Cooper Cup. But before we get there, make sure to tune back in tomorrow. Like I mentioned, we're going to have all the in-depth numbers and really get a good idea of who stood out in this game and maybe who didn't play as good as we thought. But before we get there, this holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or let's just call it what it is. It's actually better than a candy bar. A built bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, and it's covered in chocolate. But the difference is... They're low in calories, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in fat, and they're high in protein. So you get the best of both worlds. It's delicious and it's healthy. There's so many flavors. You honestly have a hard time choosing between them because it's hard. I mean, there's a bunch of different flavors from raspberry to mint brownie, cherry, double chocolate, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. You guys know coconut's my favorite as well. If you want to cozy up, do something nice, get warm in the nice holiday spirit there. When it's really cold out in December, I'm in Canada. It gets real cold out here. You get a little secret from me here. Don't tell anybody I told you. You grab a built Bar, grab a nice little cup of cocoa or hot chocolate, something like that. Dunk it in there. I'm telling you, it's going to be one of the best things you'll ever try. Delicious bar. And then you get a little bit of built Bar in that cup as well. And if you want to change it up, you can go get some marshmallowy treats from there. They got a different line of protein bars. They're called protein puffs, actually. Uh, and very different in terms of the flavors, very different in terms of the textures. If you guys want to try some of that out, go to built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. And I finally hit a nice big parlay for the Rams here. I had a bunch of picks from Matthew Stafford to score over two and a half passing touchdowns, Van Jefferson to score, Sony Michelle to score, and the Rams to cover six and a half as the favorites. And if you guys want to get in on some of that action, go check out betonline.ag. They have you covered 
all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues its march towards the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all these sports action this season. So go ahead to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with your promo code locked on to receive that bonus from football to basketball to the NHL, UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Make sure to take advantage of all the amazing offers right now for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thank you guys so much for always making us your first daily listen here at Locked On Rams. For your second daily listen, go get some help when it comes to betting by listening to Locked On Bets. It is your daily one stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. Now we can pick up with the final segment here the special teams. And this might have been one of the cleanest special teams performances by the Rams. Really, the only one knock I think we have here was Ben Skoranek on a punt. He's the gunner I think he was on that snap, and he just doesn't stop running. I mean, he runs into a punt returner, and it's a 15-yard flag for punt interference, which was really annoying, especially at the time, because it put the Jaguars in plus territory. I think they were right around the 50 or 45-yard line on the Rams' side of the field just because of that silly penalty. you got to pull up. I mean, he's literally looking at the guy while he's waving for a fair catch, so... I don't know how you run into him there. That was frustrating. But at the end of the day, really, in general, it was a clean game. As I mentioned, the Rams might have actually came away with their best play of the season on special teams. You look at Brandon Powell, a guy that they just brought up to the 53-man roster recently. Two kick returns in this game, 81 kick return yards for an average of 40.5, of course, and a long of 65 yards. That's how we started the game. That's how the Rams opened the game with a 65-yard return. He nearly housed it, too. He's kind of like a smaller jitterbug style of player. It was really impressive and just awesome to see. I mean, it's been so long since the Rams have had a guy do something like that. It's been so frustrating. So to see someone like Powell actually spark that team with a special team's return, it feels like Farrell Cooper was the last guy to do that. So already he might be the best punt returner or kick returner on this team. Let's just call it what it is. I would love to see him get a lot more opportunities moving forward because if they can even get... 30 or 35 yards per return or something in that range, you're already getting a big advantage over the other guys that were taking it out of the end zone and getting 18 or 19 or 20 yards where they wouldn't even get back to the 25. That was really frustrating. So a huge shout out for Powell for stepping up like that and the special teams in general. I mean, Matt Gay, three for three on his field goal attempts, four for four on his extra points, didn't miss anything, no close calls. Actually, now that I'm talking about it, I reminded myself he actually kicked a kickoff out of bounds as well. So 40-yard penalty, as we know, that will put the ball at the 40-yard line for the opposing team. So that was the second blunder, I guess, for the special teams. But in general, again, solid. Johnny Hecker, 150 yards on three punts. Can't complain there. The last thing really we have to discuss here was some of those records I mentioned. Cooper Cup continues to do it, man. This guy's special. He finally scored his first touchdown I've seen since week eight, somebody said, which seems like it's been forever. I mean, that's crazy to think that this guy was scoring so many touchdowns early in the season and then went that long of a stretch without scoring. But he's back. He scored a touchdown in this game. He looked unstoppable again, especially in that second half where he just literally looked unguardable. I mean, it didn't matter who they put on him or how good they were in coverage. I mean, he was pulling it in regardless. Now, two things that we have to mention. He's the first player in franchise history with 11 games with 90-plus receiving yards in a season. He hopped Torrey Holt, who I think did it in 2003 or something like that. I think he did it twice, actually. I can't remember what the graphics said, but he had 10 games with 90-plus receiving yards 
in a season and Cooper cup already has 11, which is awesome. So he might be able to do it another two, three, four times, who knows, or maybe every game for the rest of the season. Ideally, that would be what we want to see. The other record that he sets, I think he's the first player for this team or this season or something like that. I got to check this statistic again. Uh, eight games straight with seven plus catches, which, I mean, it just really speaks to how consistent this guy has been all season. He's been so good. And finally, it felt so good to see him not only win or not only do well, let's call it, but in a win. It feels different when you get 90 yards and you're getting blown out and 72 of them came in garbage time versus when you have eight receptions on 10 targets for 129 yards and a touchdown along a 43. That one hits different when you win the football game. Now, as we know, the Rams win this game 37 to 7. It feels good to finally get back in the win column. A lot of people DM me, message me saying, oh, I can't wait to listen to a positive sauce. And I'm like, Man, I can't wait to record a positive episode because it's been a long time. As we mentioned, they went the entire month of November without winning a football game. And I get it. It's the Jaguars. We're not going to suddenly start talking like, yeah, the Rams are the Super Bowl favorite again, this or that. But you start to build that momentum this week, right? We talked about how you have to win this football game and then let some of this win and performance carry over into the next one. Because at the end of the day, everyone here is a human. There's a human aspect to playing sports. And I think momentum is a real thing. A lot of people don't. But you look at Matthew Stafford in that first quarter, he wasn't really comfortable. He was still throwing guys, you know, even Tyler Higby on an out route. He's throwing it to his back shoulder, not leading him. And you see it happen again with Cooper Cup. You see it happen, you know, with Odell Beckham where they can't connect. You see it here or there. But when he starts to get going, he starts to find Cooper Cup where he's most comfortable in that second half. He never looks back. All of a sudden, you know, he's throwing more accurate passes to Odell on a fade route. Or he's throwing more accurate passes to Van Jefferson who might have a drop here or there. Tyler Higby, you know it really starts to avalanche either into something bad or into something good. And right now, the Rams are coming off a 30-point victory. They finally won a football game again. They won really decidedly, of course. They played great. The offense played great. The defense played great. Special teams probably had their best game of the season, maybe. Or if not, it was definitely close to being up there. And now you could take this performance and let it steamroll into the next one. And I think it's going to be a lot more fun now. Just because we know the Rams are 8-4, and four, still a lot of space to cover to try and get back to the Cardinals for that division lead. It's maybe a little bit out of reach right now, but if the Rams can win this game, I think everything's back on the table. So we'll see in just about a week if the Rams can ultimately pull that off. Before we get there though, they did a good job changing up this game plan, giving the Cardinals more to prepare for. And now we might be looking at Sony Michelle RB1 season. We talked about it a lot on this podcast. I mentioned it weeks ago. I think it was week two or week three, somewhere around there. Daryl Henderson never looked right this season. And I think the Rams have sort of unlocked something right now. Not to say that Sonny Michelle is Barry Sanders because he's not. He still doesn't bring everything to the table either. But if you want, you know, two, three, four yard gains that can turn into a little bit more, a little bit more of churning those legs, dragging defenders, a little bit more creating at the second level, the Rams might have found that guy in Sonny Michelle. So shout out to everyone who's been in the comments saying, we need Michelle, we need more running. It worked for the Rams this week. In just a few days, we'll get to finally start to discuss the Rams and the Cardinals, break down that matchup, and see what the Rams should do in that one. But before we get there, make sure to tune back in tomorrow for our deep dive episode here where we break down the numbers of how everyone performed for the Rams and the Jags. As always, you guys can follow us on Twitter at QBsMEP, at LockedOnRams, and on YouTube at LockedOnRams. And please subscribe or follow to get our latest episodes, content, breaking news, and a whole lot more.